Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. When my father arrived in Leningrad, he was all pumped up on the lies of his government. And when he left Leningrad, he was broken, physically and mentally. He lived the rest of his life in pain, pain from a broken back, pain from the shrapnel that always reminded him of these terrible years, and pain from the guilt that he felt. Arnold Schwarzenegger putting out a video to try to reach out to Russian soldiers. Hoping the word will get around, as it seems to be to a certain extent that this uh, war is um, not what they were told it is. I'm seeing this headline. CNN anchor breaks down talking to Ukrainian father whose family was killed by mortar yesterday. CNN is doing amazing coverage on this whole war in Ukraine. They got a lot of people there, and they're really dedicating time to it. CNN's had a quite a comeback around this story, uh, in my opinion. Uh, lots of horrible bombing yesterday the uh, russia bombed a, a movie theater where a lot of people were hiding out to try to be protected there are something like 1500 people in there they think because they're still trying to dig through the rubble they think most everybody was down in the basement and is okay is the latest i heard but they don't know because they're digging through the rubble and the wow. the building had particularly been labeled and nobody's exactly sure why it was labeled in big white chalk like you could see it from the sky children so we don't know if it was labeled by the ukrainians like don't hit here we've got kids in here or labeled by the russians hit this there are kids here nobody's exactly sure what but either way it got bombed yesterday yeah Uh, ugly um, horrific and, and putin does without a doubt i mean there's there's no arguing this whatsoever he targets hospitals and schools and that sort of stuff that's his that's his method of trying to demoralize a population, getting them to submit, which is about as evil as you can get. It's hard to come up with a way to be more evil than that. Well, you're just falling for the mainstream media, neocon, warmonger, military-industrial complex mainstream man. Uh, Say a surprising number of thinkers, some of whom we've been quite friendly with through the years. Uh, We like them personally, have respect for them. Certainly their skills, uh, if not, you know, always their ideas. But uh, uh, this weird coalition of pro-Putin people. And um, we got this email. You know, and I'm not going to name check everybody because I I, want to be fair about it because there are differences between some of the opinions that have been expressed, although some of them just been flat freaking stupid. One prominent commentator was high handedly lecturing uh, her audience that Ukraine is not a real country. It's never existed. They all speak Russian which will come as news to Ukrainians. Uh, But that's just a for instance. As if that would make a difference anyway, because if we invade Canada, who speaks the same language as us, that doesn't mean it's okay. Well, well, right. Yeah, clearly. And then we got this this email uh, from a fellow who's emailed us a couple of times uh, lately. Um, I've heard a lot from alternate news sources about how corrupt the Ukrainian government and Zelensky are. They're Hunter Biden's old pals, remember? 
Russia's GDP is in oil and natural gas, and now we have globalists pushing for a green Manhattan project, which means cutting the world's oil supply off completely. Of course, I'm opposed to Ukrainian children being bombed, but it's as though the globalists, Soros and, Soros and friends, set a trap for Putin in the Ukraine, and he stepped right into it. Something about U.S.-owned germ factories in Ukraine, true or false, I have no idea. The fact that Putin is anti-LGBT is icing on that cake. As a Christian, I'm certainly not going to go to war against Putin or anyone for that reason. I hope I'm wrong, but I think that when the dust settles, the world will look very differently. They're bent on getting their great reset. Uh, I have no... We don't... uh, Don't look for me at the next We Hate Putin rally. Wow, that is interesting. There's so many things there to unpack. First of all, I want to mention the whole globalist term. A lot of people I like in the media, as soon as they heard the heard the term globalist, they assume you're doing the dog whistle about Jews being the puppet masters of the world. I don't think that's what people always mean. I think I, no, I've, I've never no. bought that. I think there's plenty of people that are worried about globalists. I'm worried about globalists that d- doesn't have anything to do with Jews, but that is often the case. Right. As as a guy who is honestly trying to get to the truth and communicate the truth to you, I will tell you the globalism thing has nothing to do with an international cabal of anything. Um, as far as I'm concerned, there are certainly the powerful and rich people who want more globalism because it makes them richer and to hell with the American worker, for instance. Uh, but, you know, that's an economic debate and, and there's no reason to go into weird rabbit holes of conspiracy and, and, and pizza sex tra- trafficking or any of that garbage. Uh, the one aspect of the Putin thing I want to address, though, because um, we've received a couple of emails either directly espousing that view or we got a note from Mike the other day saying, hey, I'm running into a lot of people in my church who are like, hey, Putin's really standing up for Christianity and the rest of it. Who started uh, that story? Well, I, I, I can kind of explain it to you, and and I'm begging you to believe I'm saying this as your friend, Okay. Putin is a murderer and a torturer. He is a liar. He is a thief of enormous proportions. He embodies evil in a way not many human pe- human beings have been capable of. I mean, he he represents an astonishing level of evil, okay? And the idea that Christians are defending him because he's some sort of brave defender of Christianity is just crazy to me. But I th- I know where it came from. When Putin was rising to power from the chaos of the former Soviet Union, remember, when the Soviet Union fell, what was going to happen was not clear at all. The West, uh, for reasons both good and, and looking for profit, had certain desires for the shape the government would take and who would run it. And uh, Matt Taibbi's actually written about this. Um, a lot of the powers that be in the West loved Putin. They saw him as a guy they could do business with. He was sane. He was rational. He was sober, uh, literally sober, unlike Boris Yeltsin, who was a nutty drunk. Um, <laughs> literally sober. Yeah. And so they thought, wow, this Putin, you know, he's, he's got a bit of a cold fish thing about him, but he was so smart. He knew what to say. He made noises uh, about even joining NATO to the West. He said, I see no reason uh, Russia wouldn't grow closer to Europe and have great relations and trade. Absolutely not off the table. Very cunning guy. One of the things he did, and here, my Christian friends, is where the evil meets the, the rubbery evil meets the road. One of the things Putin has done through the years, and this was very, very astute, 
is he said to the Russian Orthodox Church that was uh, beleaguered under communism and oppressed under communism, very important part of Russian culture, um, as very, various Orthodox churches are in that part of the world. He said to the Orthodox, Russian Orthodox Church, I will restore you to your position of wealth, power, and influence. I will allow you to go about your business the way you see fit. Hold your services, you know, raise money, do charity work, whatever, whatever they want to do. I'm not judging the Russian Orthodox Church's day-to-day activities here. But he said to them, I will put you back on your pedestal if you give me your support. So, in return... Another part of that deal is the a Russian classic, Orthodox... A classic move, by the way. I mean, how many kings of France or England did that over the centuries? They weren't religious at all, but they went with whichever uh, Protestant or Catholic was going to keep them in, in power. Right, yeah, that's an excellent point. I'm glad you made it. The great religious wars of, of the past were barely about religion. Um, but uh, one of the aspects of that is he agreed with the church leaders... You tell me what your teachings are on social issues, and I will echo that from the Kremlin. And I will stand up for your traditional values, further enhancing the church and its its reach and that sort of thing. So while he is murdering and torturing and poisoning and oppressing and throwing doctors out of windows, murdering journalists in cold blood for reporting the truth, as he bilks the Russian economy for hundreds of billions of dollars, unimaginable bouts of money, he is also saying, down with whatever traditional value position, transgenderism, gay stuff, uh, you know, just whatever, you know, sexual libertinism, uh, teaching the children about, uh, you know, gender bending and the rest of it that's so troubling in American schools. And, you know, Jack and I, we're against a lot of this stuff and we, we talk about it openly. But that's the unholy bargain, literally. Uh, Putin struck with the church. And that's why in some quarters he's seen as some defender of traditional values. It is a twisted and evil alliance, in my opinion. So I don't know how you'd come to the conclusion that he's actually a Christian who you know wants what's good for the world. But e- even, if, even if it were all true, you know, if I agree with all of his politics, he still doesn't get to invade other countries and bomb their hospitals and murder their children. See, that's the crazy part about tribalism. Once you've decided he's your guy, people try desperately to justify what their guy is doing. It's an aspect of tribalism or, you know, as you say, once you get an idea in your head, it's so hard to dislodge it. I'll tell you one other aspect of this I find interesting. Uh, yesterday afternoon, as as uh, Craig Gottwalls and I were trading texts about how flabbergasted we are by some commentators on the right siding with Putin, and we included Jack and uh, and Tim Sandifer in the exchange, and I'm not going to quote anybody because it wasn't for public uh, consumption, but we were talking about the nature of fascism. Um, and, uh, and, and I was explaining it to Judy um, as we were chatting and having a cocktail last evening. It was a, a lovely uh, little sit-down. I'm so blessed that my wife and I still enjoy each other's company so much. But she was asking me about some of this stuff, and I explained... The th- one way to understand fascism, and I see the world through metaphors, just the way my brain works, is if if I use the example, if I got drunk and started to get like if over over <laughs> and I started to get over the top flirty with one of Judy's friends and maybe even like uh, touched her inappropriately or something like that. 
And it was really uncomfortable, and it was a bad scene. The Jack and I, politically, we are advocating for reasonable policies and reasonable reactions. Again, to the metaphor, it would be sitting down and having a serious talk about that. Writing out an apology to the person um, involved. Maybe marriage counseling, that sort of thing. That's where Jack and I are in terms of being conservative. Politically, fascism is a reaction often to reasonable threats, sometimes imagined, but sometimes troubling changes in society that people don't like. So while the reasonable response to those changes in society or threats to morality or whatever are like I described with the whole drunken groping thing. I'm just drunk. The fascist reaction is... um. Judy uh, punches that woman in the face and stabs me. Fascism reacts to sometimes legitimate concerns, sometimes not legitimate concerns, with extreme policies that often say things like, we've got to suspend constitutional rights because the threat is so great. We've got to oppress this group because the threat is so great. All, all of the things we claim to be for, we're still for them, but we're going to suspend them for a while because the threat is so great. It excuses its own extremism, citing a threat. And I'm seeing some of my friends in conservatism getting dangerously close to that, and, and it makes me uncomfortable. But, you know, that's, that's a lot of political theory, and I hope it was at least semi-clear. But long story short is Putin's freaking evil. He's evil personified. Please don't get duped into thinking he's some sort of defender of Christ for Christ's sake. And I do not use that term lightly or that phrase. Oh, to paraphrase the grandma we were playing all day yesterday, I could shoot Putin and my hands wouldn't even shake. And I'd sleep like a baby. He is a bad, bad human being. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We have more on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. They're bombing downtown D.C. in the Ukraine. They're bombing your neighborhood, and they just blew up your house. And the world says, well, we're thinking about what we do about that. Really? How much longer are you going to take? Problem is, we're taking too long we're going to lose mankind. I don't look to musicians for my guidance on these topics, but that's Lionel Richie, one of the biggest musical artists of all time, uh, you know, many years ago. Um, uh, well, I'd remind you that he did serve uh, in, in the rank of Commodore in the, <laughs> in the Navy. So this is a pretty important story that has emerged. We've been talking for years about when do deep fakes, those are the fake videos, uh, finally become a thing where it matters, maybe today, as there is a deep fake of President Zelensky surrendering that is making its way around Ukraine right now, and they're trying to get the news out as fast as they can Oh wow! that this is a fake. So the Russians, I guess, hacked into Ukraine 24, their big news channel there, and uh, posted information telling Ukrainians that the that Ukraine has surrendered, the president has surrendered. 
And so uh, Ukraine 24, their TV channel, got back control of their TV channel and is now trying to put out that fire saying, no, 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 we did not report that the president has uh, has surrendered. And then there's a video that's also going around, and it's not real great from what I read here, uh, that if you look at it for very long at all, you'll figure out it's fake. But at first glance, you might think it's real. And it's uh, President Zelensky saying, Dear Ukrainians, dear defenders, being president was not easy. I've had to make difficult de- decisions. I decided to return to Donbass, Donbass, but it's time to look in the eye. It didn't work out. It only got worse, much worse. There's no more tomorrow, at least in me. And now I decide to say goodbye to you. I advise you to lay down your arms and return to your families. You should not die in this war. I advise you to live. I'm going to do the same. Well, that's the fake. And now he has put out a video saying that wasn't actually me. And uh, no, we are not surrendering. We are going to fight to our last breath, etc., etc. We're absolutely not going to lay down our arms till our victory, Zelensky said in his real message, uh, according to Vice. Marco Rubio has tweeted this out, hoping it'll make its way around wherever. Also, that there's a fake out there. It's not true. Zelensky is, is standing firm. Wow, that's amazing. It is. Yeah. That's the modern modern warfare, man. Yeah. Boy, and if a video of me reeling around drunkenly tonight on St. Patrick's Day goes viral, just trust me, that's a deep fake. It's an insidious deep fake. No way it's true. <laughs> Absolutely not. Please. In, someday these videos are going to be better than this. You know, today's is not that good. Five years from now, they'll be perfect. And I don't know how the world handles that. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Peace talks between the warring sides resumed Wednesday with indications of progress. Ukraine's leader in his most explicit statement yet that his country would not be joining NATO anytime soon, a key Russian demand. In Moscow, suggesting a possible compromise, a future Ukraine with a smaller, non-aligned military. A neutral status is being seriously discussed in connection, of course, with security guarantees. Okay, I want to discuss that, but um, we do have this story of a comet that's headed toward Earth. If you've seen the movie Don't Look Up, we're reliving it. Where's Leonardo, Di- Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence to help us? Maybe we'll maybe we'll do that on our podcast. One more thing: we we record a podcast every day after the show, which is like another segment of the show. If you like the show, maybe you'd like that extra thing. You can go to armstrongandgetty.com to get that. They work us like mules. What's the other thing I want to bring up? Oh, Netflix. A lot of people are sharing their passwords. Scandalous. I would never do that. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Gambling in Casablanca. We got an update on that story. So I have been confused by the whole peace talks conversation since this war started. It doesn't seem likely to me that these are real, but Zelensky talks about them like they're real. They get reported in the media like they're real. Now, that that saying out loud, we won't pursue being a member of NATO, that is something Putin had brought up many times. Uh, I think he wants Ukraine more than he cares about the NATO issue. Yeah, that's just a pretext, in my opinion. Right, but so Putin gave a speech yesterday, performance, whatever the hell it was, but he, he seemed unhinged. He's sitting there at a desk with the flags behind him in his suit, hunched over, looking angry, apparently once again ad-libbing it. 
He doesn't do prepared speeches, really. Um, I'll read from it a little bit. Vladimir, Although the one thing he's had rep for for years and years and years is being extremely careful and, and guarded. And he appears to have abandoned that, but go on, please. Vladimir Putin yesterday sent a chilling warning to the West and oligarchs telling scum traitors that Russia will spit them out like a midge that flew into their mouths. That's Hello, a, midge. That's a what, a bug or a... Yeah, it's like a fly or a like larva or... I don't know. It's a bug. <laughs> the Russian president speaking in a bombastic televised address from the Kremlin at the end of three weeks of Moscow's invasion warned the West would use those who earn their money here, but life over there is a fifth column to divide our society. I do not judge those with villas in Miami or the French Riviera, Putin said. Good. You shouldn't. Are you kidding? Or who can't get by without oysters or fagua or so-called gender freedoms. Hmm. That's him playing into the whole standing up for traditional values thing? Right, right. Demonizing the West and its debaucheries, yep. The problem is they mentally exist there and not here with our people, with Russia, he said. The West will try to bet on the so-called fifth column on traitors to divide our society, to provoke civil confrontation, to strive to achieve its aim. And there is one aim, the destruction of Russia. So he's continuing to go with the the whole world is encircling us, trying to destroy us thing. That's that's not a guy that's sitting down to the bargaining table. No, no. And that's some pretty out there rhetoric, too, for a guy who's famous for being calculating and, and guarded. And you needed to see his gestures and facial expression to realize he's a guy who's, you know, angry talking. You ever talk when you're really mad? That's that's what that's what he looked and sounded like. He claimed the conflict was merely a pretext for the West to impose sanctions because, quote, they just don't want a strong and sovereign Russia and insisted, insisted that the military oper- operation in Ukraine is going to plan, despite the troops' advance remaining largely stalled. Um, how much of this does he believe and how much of it is performative? You know, I, I would guess, but a couple of times, I'll admit it freely, I've been humbled. I would not have said Xi Jinping is a real communist. I got that one wrong. I, I was sure he was just a calculating, uh, you know, megalomaniac who who appreciated the efficacy of communism. It helps keep the people in line. But I didn't think he was an actual communist. No, it turns out he was. He is. That's a good question, and I don't have any answer. Um, I mean, bellowing about the external threat is pleased. I mean, that's like in the first paragraph of everything Orwell wrote. Um. That's not even the good stuff. It's so obvious, but uh, he's obviously going whole hog on it. And by the way, I'd like a whole hog with my foie gras. And what else am I eating in this scenario? Oysters. He mentioned oysters, oysters at foie some gras, point. Yeah. In my villa in Miami, which sounds very pleasant. Maybe I could live next to a BG. Anyway, he doesn't sound like a rational, calculating world leader who you can sit down at the bargaining table and come to an agreement with. They're trying to exterminate. He he uses the term cancel a lot. They're trying to cancel Russia because he's picked up on the whole cancel culture. And, you know, he's trying to play into that segment of the right and left to a certain extent that uh, that thinks he's standing up against transgender stuff and uh, and cancel culture. Well, and to kick it Soviet Union style, he's the uh, he's standing up against uh, the debauched West. 
the Western debauchery, the capitalist running dogs. Yeah. Hey, he seems unhinged to me. Yeah. You know, uh, he would not be the first uh, hmm, leader with uh, a great deal of confidence in his own abilities that overstepped seriously and found himself in a desperate spot and started to lash out. I mean, it's it's almost you know it's a, it's an old old story of of egomaniac rulers. He's he's his own undoing, like in so many Shakespearean tragedies, for instance. The Russian people will always be able to distinguish between true patriots from scum and traitors, and simply spit them out like a fly that accidentally flew into their mouths. I'm convinced that such a natural and necessary self purification of society, oh will, boy, will only strengthen our country, our solidarity, our cohesion and readiness. Any time a guy like him is talking about the purification of our society by getting rid of the, you know, the bad people and purifying our race, our society, or whatever, mm. the, the bad things happen like they're happening right now. Yeah, wow, wow. What's the, have you heard anything about uh, domestic protests lately in uh, Russia? I no. haven't really in the last several days. Why did he let that TV newscaster out? Maybe to avoid her being some sort of passionate symbol. I mean, he let her out pending trial, which is coming up, you know, sooner or later. They're going to try her and put her in jail. But when the heat's off, I don't that's the best I can come up with. Yeah, I I, I was surprised by that. I assume you were also. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we talked about this some yesterday. And, and the best theory is that she's still on the hook, legally speaking. But they haven't charged her, or they charged her, but said, you know, she's not going to be arraigned yet or whatever. In other words, they've got the rope around her neck, but they're not yanking yet. The uh, latest news, 1.9 million refugees so far have left Ukraine for Poland. There are a lot of people that are displaced inside of Ukraine, because if you've been watching the videos, where they lived is smashed to bits. So they got no place to live. A lot of those are children. The stories are just horrific i mean you just you can't even imagine being in that situation uh you know you're you're thankful you're alive but you got nothing you got nothing and nowhere to go there are 300,000 people they think still in that one uh port city that are surrounded and don't have food or water and they're drinking snow to stay alive and putin's going to try to starve them to death starve them out dehydrate them to death it's it's just incredible that this is going on in my lifetime. Just incredible. Yeah, it, is. it is. I'm just grabbing a, a story about how China is absolutely not cooperating with Russia. I hope that's right. And I wonder whether that's added to the Pooter's stress level. I mean, if his brand new besties, the Chinese, we just signed that big, long agreement with, they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll call you later, all right? In effect, yeah, that would add to his stress level. Uh, in fact, some uh, major, let's see, who is this guy? He was a, oh, China's ambassador to Ukraine just said, China will never attack Ukraine. We will help, especially economically. We're Americans. We have a system of government in which we believe in institutions and bodies more than, and law rather than one person's opinion or decisions. So it's hard for me to get used to the fact that a guy like Putin, one dude, is carrying so much weight on the world stage right now. And, he, you know, how butthurt he is by the fact that his military is stalled and everybody has turned on him. 
is the difference between nuclear holocaust or millions of people dying in Ukraine or not. Just whether or not he can he can stomach saying out loud, guess I was wrong about this, and, uh, you know, pulling his troops back and making up how he won and all that sort of stuff. Whether he can stomach or not, millions of people's lives depend on that. And yet another alternative or two, if he decides he can't stomach it and he's gone nuts, he is actually unhinged. Will the people around him execute his orders? Or will the people around him execute him? Yeah. I know what I'm hoping for. Sure enough. We have this great uh, email from uh, a a gentleman, a listener, who spent uh, many years in the intelligence community, uh, end of the Cold War and for many years after, uh, talking about the Russian military in some detail. I was hoping to squeeze it in. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, but it is possible Putin did not know how hollowed out and ineffective his military was. In fact, it seems likely he had no idea. He had been duped. And if that's true, it's A, an international humiliation, because his dearest wish is that Russia be uh, respected as a superpower, and B, it is a serious betrayal, which will make him feel even more isolated and paranoid, probably. Sure. Where this ends, nobody knows. If you're the sort of person that shares a Netflix password with family or friends to try to get around paying for another Netflix thing, don't whisper. Why, why are you looking at me when you say that? I, I would never do that. Don't whisper a word to me. I'll execute a citizen's arrest. I don't put up with that <laughs> nonsense. But we've got some new news out of Netflix on that subject for you next. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. According to a new survey, 55% of pet owners said that their dog experiencing separation anxiety is their biggest concern about returning to the office. Kids will be fine, though. (laughs) They got each other. You know, it's interesting about that joke is we're moving toward a society where there are more people that don't have the kid experience than do. So there'll be more, you know, those of us who have kids and families will be the minority in terms of policy and cultural references and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yep, in in country after country around the world. We're not going to get to this story today. Maybe we should have, but the New York Times with a pretty big headline, Hunter Biden paid tax bill, but broad federal investigation continues. It's about his laptop. The sub-headline being, the Justice Department inquiry into the business dealings of the president's son has remained active with a grand jury seeking information about payments from around the world. Hmm. That sounds like a real story from the New York Times. Indeed. Yeah, we'll be digging into that. I've been working the cocaine-flecked, sweaty, hooker-dampened uh, Hunter Biden desk for quite some time, so I'll be digging deep into this story. The New York Times basically confirming that the email laptop thing is real. Remember? You weren't even allowed oh. to put it on Twitter back when it first broke. Yeah, During that the... was banned from social media before the election. Right. We'll get to that tomorrow. Netflix had warned us all last year that they were cracking down on password sharing. You know, I don't know. Would I, would I have shared it with somebody back when I was a college guy? Well, maybe if we're splitting the fee or something. But I'm not going to give you my pa- I'm not going to pay for Netflix and you get it for free off of me. Why would I do that? Sure, you work out a little deal. But I could certainly see, like, if I had college kids, I would share it with them so they could use the family Netflix, right? 
Probably, yeah. For instance, yeah. Anyway, Netflix said it was going to crack down on that. I don't know if this is an admission that it's too hard to do or what, but they're rolling out a new deal where you can share your password for a lower amount of money. It'll just cost $2.99 for primary account holders to create new profiles using their login, passwords, all that sort of stuff to the main account. So for another $2.99, you can legally share it with your college kid, friend, girlfriend, whatever you're doing. Right. Well, yeah, I think your theory is probably a good one. They just haven't been able to enforce it because, I mean, for instance, what if there was a family, an American family, Jack? Man, woman, children. That's right, hetero. I dare even portray a man-woman couple, brave as I am. And maybe they had children who grew older and moved out of the house, and yet they have profiles on the family Netflix account. Is that supposed to be undone at this point or what? The fact that you're letting your kids use oh, your no, Netflix no, no, account? No, 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 This is a mythical family. The yeah, Joneses of I, 123 Main Street. I've got to find out whatever whistleblower 800 number there is for me to call this afternoon as a good citizen and turn you in. And as long as I'm asking questions, has uh, Disney Plus said anything uh, about this lately? Asking for a friend who's a dangerous criminal. <laughs> You know, ignoring the legality of it, and I don't know what the crime would be or how you'd get caught, but... Defrauding an innkeeper, clearly. So, as a parent, my decision would be, I'm I'm going to keep using Netflix whether my kids pay for it or not. So, basically, the decision is, do I want them to shell out $15 a month for some sort of, like, builds character thing, or... Because they live under a different root roof, and it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean that's because that that's the only reason you would do it, right? You feel like it, you want them to have to pay for their own stuff, but it's such a minor thing. I don't know. I mean, because I'm paying for it anyway. It's not like I mean, if I if I was going to get rid of my Netflix, that'd be a different thing. But I'd probably keep Netflix no matter what. Right, right. Hmm. It's not a zero sum game. Yeah, right, so, that's what I mean. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, what else Remember, do you do after you read your Sports Illustrated? Do you send it to them in the mail? Or? And if I did, so what? Who's asking? <laughs> There's a hole in the show, and you know it's time to go. It's <laughs> time for final thoughts on your feet. So, like, if you're at a place that has bottomless fries, do you get, like, yes. another order of fries and then ship it to them? or Sometimes. How far does this go? <laughs> Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Our technical director keeps us on the air, presses the buttons, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? You know, this is going to make me sound old, but back in the day, you used to have to get a job so you could earn money to bribe the cable guy to get all the channels you know, for free so mm-hmm. he would hook you up right. Now kids can just <laughs> share the passwords without even do, doing any effort. I wonder if they're so lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, a final thought? That's so much more work. Three quick ones. One, March Madness starts today. I love it. Leads right to Major League Baseball. Number two, it's my grandfather's 88th birthday. Longtime sailor, uh, captain of the boat that picked up Apollo 11 and 12 from the ocean. So happy birthday to him. And number three, my family grew by four legs. Yesterday, we adopted my first-ever dog. So welcome, Max. Max wow. the dog. What kind of dog? Uh, mutt. <laughs> He's yeah. a lab, schnauzer, terrier, something. He's a schnab. Fabulous. Welcome to the family, Max. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? 
There was a point in my life where somehow I was spliced into the neighbor's cable. I don't even remember where I lived or how that happened. I know I didn't do it myself, but we were spliced into somebody's cable. I felt guilty about that all these years. Probably owe somebody money. Yeah, uh, my final thought is I'm really looking forward to dealing with the Hunter Biden story tomorrow because I think he and his papa, the big guy, have been double dealing and self dealing for a very long time. Also, we didn't get to the uh, the story that Starbucks is going to phase out its uh, cups, its uh, paper cups. Henceforth, they will just pour the coffee straight down your throat. Sure, so. Geez, since it's 190 oh. degrees, that's going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> what do you? What? I, seriously though, what are you going to do for a cup? What do they? You have to bring I, your own. Yeah, bring your own or borrow one of theirs, and there is a deposit. Really? So if you think the lines are long now... <laughs> wow, that's a bold move. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks a little time. If you missed a chunk of the show, you can get it later via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you like to get podcasts. Email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or go to ang.com, armstrongandgetty.com. you got hot links, hot links. See you tomorrow. God bless America. There'll be order in the house. The world needs... Armstrong and Getty. Bullsh**. Sorry. There's a frickin' war going on. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gun. I am here, standing here on the northern flank, on the eastern flank. Are you sure of that, dude? Okay. So, let's go out with a bang. Sorry if you pee-pee babies were offended by something that was no big deal and everything's fine, so what's the issue? On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.